0: Welcome to the Kickpod, your weekly DNM on the stuff that matters. One, two, three, four. Hey Lawsy.
1: Good afternoon. How are you going? I'm going good on this lovely freezing cold afternoon in Melbourne.
0: Yes, it is definitely not summer anymore. Nope. Not that we really ever had a very strong summer this year. It was very up and down, wasn't
1: it? Yeah. And we had some flooding. We
0: did. As in, in my house. You know? Oh, okay. <laughs> we like, don't live okay. together, but anyway. <laughs> well, our street, actually, fun fact of the street I live in, definitely not enough drains in our street yeah. because every time the rain falls like this, <laughs> it floods. And I feel really sorry for my neighbor who lives on the corner because he cops the most of it.
1: Yeah. Well, obviously we're very, very, very grateful for the rainfall. 100%. But yeah, last night it was so loud. I, I, kept, I woke up about four times in the night thinking it was something and it was just the rain. I love sleeping to the rain. I find it soothing. I like it. Um, it's funny. I have like a very particular amount of rain that I like. I like a medium amount. Like As soon as powder. it gets to get really heavy, I'm like, oh, <laughs> anyway, that is not why we're here
0: to talk about the rain. And it's definitely not either of our special shares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your special share? So at the moment, I am challenging myself and I'm trying to do 31 days in a row. So all of March, um, a yoga flow every day. And it's because I've really enjoyed including yoga in my routine Um, and I just feel like by kind of pushing myself to try and include it in my everyday routine, it might mean that I might not do it every day, but I might enjoy doing it every day. I don't know. I'll see how I go. But I'm definitely enjoying it so far. And I wanted to share – obviously, this is for all you kit girls out there who are on the program who know of our wellness hub. Um, I know a lot of you ask often if there's a particular yoga flow that's good um, for a good stretch, and I found this one. It was was still a really good yoga flow for a bit of a workout, but there was quite a lot of stretching at the beginning and the end, and it was called Time to Zen Out, and it was with Karen and – laura um and i really liked it and it was i was so happy i came across it because i was so sore um from filming a workout the other day so yeah it's a really good one if you want to stretch i'm gonna do it i am yeah
1: um everyone listening as well if you see me on the yoga flows you'll know it's more of a beginner (laughs) it's a simple flow because i am a simple yoga person steph is more advanced no i know so if i ever go into yoga flows and it's steph i'm like Bye. No, no, I'm kidding. I still do them. They're still it's still <laughs> beginner level yoga. Um so my oh, and also if you're not on the programme, we do have a free trial. So yeah. if you just wanted you to check it out, try it and then leave us totally. to
0: totally just no
1: go on to the wellness bank it's seven days free trial <laughs> anyway and you can sign up on the website which is keepitcleaner.com.au
0: cool what's your special yeah, share
1: cool. my special share is actually a TED talk um, with International Women's Day coming up mm. I've been watching a few and mm. well also, by the time this
0: comes out Women's Day will oh, have passed oh sorry International Women's yes. Day will
1: have passed exactly we are recording a little bit earlier than because we the do long this weekend. Week. Yes, because of the long weekend but I'm speaking at my school tomorrow which is Friday so that will have passed um on gender equality in the workplace and I've been watching a few TED Talks and my favourite one that I've watched uh, is called Why We Have Too Few Women Leaders and it is such a good one. It goes for 15 minutes. It's actually had 10 million views so again Mm. like my recommendation last week uh, it's already been watched by a lot of people okay? it's <laughs> um, kind of like my vampire diaries <laughs> <one>. <laughs> <laughs> but what I loved about it was um, the woman who took the talk is called Cheryl Sandberg and she speaks to the fact that women believe that lackability and success is actually not something that mm-hmm. is correlated it, mm. it's negative you can't be successful and lacked mm. whereas men don't actually see that as a barrier they see that it's actually awesome to be successful and you're going to be more lacked mm. um, and it's really really interesting so I recommend You guys watching that if you would like to. Awesome. And now for today's podcast,
0: which is a good one. Yes, so we've got Sarah Matsuranis on. She's a certified financial coach at Assemble with a background in behavioral science, specializing in money and spending habits. And we love her focus on mindset, behavior and goal setting
1: when it comes to money. And the last podcast we did about um, managing your finances in your 20s, you guys love that so much. And so we love kind of creating content for you that you find useful. So this one is a bit different. So we hope that you'll get something new from this. And Sarah has a totally different perspective on it, which we love. Hmm. And we hope that you enjoy. (coughs) Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. You're
2: welcome. Thanks for having me.
1: So we wanted to kick off to talk and talk about saving because saving is one of the hardest things to do, I think, for everyone. But we'd love to know what you think we can do to help us get better at saving.
2: Yeah, well, I think definitely the first thing I would recommend is actually having that awareness around our thoughts. Do we actually think it is the hardest thing? Because if that is the case, then I'd probably start with um, having an awareness around what it is that we're thinking, what are the things that we're telling ourselves, that we're hearing ourselves say when we're thinking about saving our money, like, oh, God, I've never got any money or, um, you know, I need to put that away or I'd I'd rather spend it on this, like all these different things that sort of can come up in our heads. Um, So I'd probably just build a little bit of awareness around our own thoughts and if we're finding that they're more negative than positive and you can... um, find some other things that will serve you better, then I would look at actually um, creating some new beliefs that you would actually prefer to have. So that's really a case of actually thinking about um, what do I want to think about when I'm saving my money? So, uh, you know, even if it's uh, earning money or things like that, money flows easily to me or... um, I'm a money-saving rock star. Like anything that is something, you know, that will actually build that um, positive mindset um, prior to actually starting because the mindset around it is really going to lead into how much we can maintain it. So, um, and that can be as simple as writing them down, putting on your bathroom mirror, putting them on a screensaver in your, on your phone, like anything like that where you're seeing them on a regular basis. Um because that will really um, kind of cement them in your subconscious. So I would start with around the awareness around that and then I would look at getting really clear on your numbers. So what are you earning? What are you spending? Where is all of your money going? A lot of the time people actually don't know where their money is going so I would get really, really clear on that first and then once you've done that and you're able to figure out what you have to play with, then you can actually set some really realistic goals. So then once you've actually set those realistic goals, I would automate them. So have them set up so that you don't actually have to go into your accounts and transfer them. Mm. The more that you have to go into the accounts and think about it, it actually opens you up to making impulsive decisions around your spending. So, um, you know, really having to think about, uh, can I actually ask my employer to transfer it directly to my savings account so that I don't even need to see it come into my account? Or is that actually going out, let's say, if I'm paid on a Monday, then I have it set up in my own account to to be transferred overnight on the Monday night directly out of my account so that I don't have to physically go in there and transfer it myself. We want to try and take... um, Our own actions out of it as much as possible just so that it's automated, it's there, and we don't have to think about it because then it'll build without us having to kind of continuously make that decision as to whether or not we will even save that money. Often we have things that will come up along the way that will be, uh, you know, concert tickets or, you know, extra things that we want to spend or something else that's coming up that is an impulse decision that can affect it. So we want to make sure that that doesn't come into it as much as possible. And then I would actually work on some short-term goals. If you are creating large goals, like a home deposit or a trip to Europe, or something that's a larger goal that's going to take you a little while to, um, that's going to take you a little while to save. So set some short-term goals along the way, so that you're actually patting yourself on the back, like giving yourself that encouragement, because when you feel like, oh God, this is we're never gonna get to the end of this, I'm never gonna get there. Sometimes we lose motivation and we end up um, just blowing it on something else instead and giving up on that goal because it felt like it was too hard. So I would really recommend setting some, setting some short term goals along the way. So when I hit two grand, when I hit five grand, like mm-hmm. those little things um, along the way to celebrate, you know, that you're actually on the way to achieving the goal. Um, And lastly, I would say try and get a savings buddy. Mm -hmm. Try and find someone who's also got some savings goals because let's be honest, it's always more fun if you've got someone to (laughs) to share it with. So if you've got similar goals or even if you don't, even if you've got completely different goals but you want someone to share it with, you want someone to be able to continue to motivate you along the way, Keep each other accountable along the way as well um, and also celebrate those wins. You want to try and make it as fun as possible. Sometimes the long-term goals can feel like they're boring, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be. You can actually make it um, really fun.
0: It's funny how much this is sounding like staying on the health bandwagon, isn't it? Like staying t- towards your health and fitness goals, we're always talking to the girls about setting small goals, making sure that you're celebrating them, and, um, and then also having a buddy. So <laughs> it's, it's funny, I was just thinking along the way, yeah, that makes sense to <laughs> apply it to something like saving, so I think that's a really, really good tip. So you touched on spending, um, obviously there's some expenses that are non-negotiables. Uh, how can we maybe help reduce those expenses?
2: Yeah, I think, again, I would start with the awareness around it because a lot of the time, you know, life's busy. Mm. It it can get away from us. We have a lot of things going on. Um, We're sort of living from week to week trying to make everything work. And if we're not aware of what those um, expenses are, it's really hard to keep track of them. So there's um, obviously the sort of day-to-day living expenses. You can um, manage by actually writing them down as you go and keeping track of them, making yourself aware of them in that way. Um, Some of the big ones or, you know, the sort of non-negotiables, as you say, like gas, electricity, all of those bigger ones, Uh, I would say um, try and put in an annual check for those types of things. Sometimes those um, electricity plans and things kind of will change on an annual basis. Um, And things like your mobile phone, for example, is a really key one. I think that people can tend to get... Uh, a little bit blasé with their decisions around it because it's obviously something we all need. We all want, um, you know, the latest, coolest thing. But I find that if you're a little bit more savvy about it, do your research when you're actually coming to the end of a contract or if you want to get a new phone. Don't just roll straight into the new upgrade with your current employer. Like really do some research and see, um, you know, what else is there out there? What is a better deal? And also have a look at whether or not, you can find the phone that you want secondhand because these days so many of them, mm-hmm. um, you know, can actually be found secondhand in really, really good condition. Mm-hmm. And if you buy it outright, then the plan that you can get for um, calls and internet is often a lot cheaper mm-hmm. when you're not including the handset cost in that. And then the other thing would be uh, the Afterpay, ZipPay, all these little subscription type or, like, um, even apps on your phone, like those sorts of things can add up so I would really have a look at uh, how much of that is chewing into just your day-to-day cash flow because you can find that you're getting to the end of a week or fortnight or you know whenever your pay is due next and you're running out of funds And usually it's because all of those little things that we've signed up for that don't seem like a big deal can actually add up quite substantially. So I would just have a look at those, uh, you know, pay TV subscriptions. Are you even watching it? Do you care? Uh, Those types of things where, uh, you know, we can uh, even trial, give it a trial run to see if you put it on hold for a while. Do you miss it?
0: Mm, That's good.
2: Is it something you even want to sign back up for? Because that can really determine whether or not, um, you know, you continue to pay them.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. And especially after pay, we've spoken about that before and how with after pay, it's it's almost you get into a place where... Something might be $100, but, you know, on AfterBate it says $25. But -hmm. it's just getting our mind around the fact that actually it's $100 and that it's going to be four installments of the $25. But I think because I find sometimes in our generation we want things now Mm -hmm. and I think that it also applies with data. I know Mm. Steph and I have fixed our plans now, but for so long we were getting those messages about... If you spend $10, you will get one more whatever it is of data. Mm. And sometimes we go through, you know, without even realising and you think, oh, I need it right now. And you'd spend it and then you get another message and another message. So it's so important, I think, to keep that under control.
2: And you can find yourself, it's a little bit one week and then next week it's another little bit and then Mm. another little bit. And before you know it, the month is filled up with all these extra little $25 coming out, which really add up in the month, you know, in the overall month.
1: Yeah, totally. And now let's go back to financial goal setting. You've spoken about setting small goals towards bigger goals. If someone has never, ever, ever even thought about their finances kind of in a goal setting way, how do they start?
2: Yeah, I would say that it's really important when we're setting goals to be super clear on what we actually want. A lot of times I've had clients who you know, just want to save money, but they won't have a specific amount. They're like, as long as I'm putting something away, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing that, if you are spending a little bit here and a little bit there in between, the end goal doesn't change because you don't have one. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to be super clear on exactly how much you want to be saving and then super clear on when you want it saved by. Because if we're able to do that, you can work backwards Mm. with the amount of pay cycles that you have in that period of time and work out exactly how much you need to be putting aside out of your pay to be able to reach that goal by that exact date. And again, that will work back into actually automating it because you'll know exactly how much you need to put aside. You have it automated, set up so it goes straight across and then you don't have to think about it.
0: That's yeah. I feel like I need to, to be doing more of these
2: automated <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I would also actually recommend um, doing a vision board if you can. Yeah, that okay. ties into it. Um, vision boards are really powerful. I find um, there's. I find that with the vision boards, because it's something that you're looking at every day, yeah. it also creates that motivation. Mm. You know, on a day to day basis, when you're not thinking about or looking at the bank account, you can still see what it is that that goal is tied to that you're trying to achieve. I actually had a vision board myself that was uh, up on my bedroom wall directly across from my bed when we moved into a house a little while ago and I literally covered it with all of these things that I wanted Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, that I was working towards obviously taking these steps towards Um, and some of them were big goals, some of them were smaller goals, like it was just all of the things that I visually wanted to see on a daily basis and then about 12 months later, we were moving out of that place and I was packing everything away. I was taking them off the wall. I was thinking, oh, I'm actually a bit disappointed that I haven't achieved some of these things, you know. But anyway, I put them into a box, put them away, didn't think much about it. We moved into our next house and then... Had a lot going on and it was sort of about eight, ten months later and I thought, oh, I'm going to do the same thing at this house. I'm going to put everything up on the wall. And so I started by getting that box out and when I pulled out all of these things, I realised I'd achieved them all. Yeah. So I, this that 12 months of having them up on my wall and looking at them all the time had kind of set that in my subconscious that I was already working towards it, that even though I'd taken it off, it had actually all come to fruition later on anyway. So I think they're really, really powerful. That's really cool. You're an expert in behavioural science. Oh God, I can't speak to it. <laughs>
0: behavioural is <a> hard <laughs> word. <laughs> behavioural science, uh, specialising specifically in money. How is our behaviour linked with our money habits?
2: Yeah, I've always been really fascinated in the psychology behind why we do things, mm. uh, especially when you would have you know a group of clients who are all given the same information. They're all given the same strategies. And then some of them would achieve their goals, and other people wouldn't. And you, you know, kind of started to think, why is that? Why they're all getting the same information? Why are they all getting different results? So yeah, I really just sort of went deep into that behavioral side to really understand how, you know, our beliefs and our behavior and everything is linked to our money. And um, one of the key things that came out of that was understanding how much our values are actually linked to uh, our money habits. So looking at what is it that I value the most highly? And you can usually, uh, if I'm if I'm working with a client and we're sort of going through their expenses, I can usually pinpoint the things that they value because I can see by what they're directly spending their money on. Mm-hmm. So understanding what it is that we value and looking at where we're spending our discretionary spending. So we obviously have those non-negotiable fixed expenses that we're paying for, but once all of those bills and those things are paid, anything else that we're spending our money on is uh, discretionary spending. So I would classify that as I want that, Mm. not I need that. So anything like that that we're spending our money on usually will reflect what it is that we value. So if we're spending our money on, you know, eating organically and uh, gym memberships and things like that, then we, you know, obviously value health and vitality. Mm. If it's freedom, then that means travel to you. Then Mm. perhaps you've set yourself up a business where you can travel whenever you like, because that's something you value really highly. So again, with the discretionary spending, it's having a look at those things and determining whether or not you're actually spending them on what you do value the most because expenses can get all over the place. There's so many of them that they're really tricky to keep track of so I recommend for my clients to sit down and have a look at where they're spending their money on that discretionary spending and is that actually in alignment with what you value the most I had a client who really highly valued freedom she really wanted to travel but she kept telling me that she couldn't afford it so we had a look at all of her discretionary spending and could see that she was spending money on, uh, you know, Ubers when she probably could have caught public transport Mm -hmm. or eating out several nights a week, those those sorts of things. So instead of that, we then had a look at what were the amounts that she was spending in those areas. Mm -hmm. So from that, she then decided she would only catch an Uber if it was late at night when Mm -hmm. she didn't feel safe to be on public transport by herself Mm -hmm. and any other time she would always catch public transport and she limited the amount of times that she would actually eat out a week Mm -hmm. and that money that she was spending at the time we then basically set that up as an automated amount to go directly into Mm. her savings instead and within six months she'd booked herself a trip to Bali so it's really just understanding is that actually what I value and is that working towards what I want to be saving to be putting my money towards Mm. or am I um of letting it go in different areas that i'm not that fussed about like mm. i actually don't care so if it's if your discretionary spending is preventing you from being more in alignment with your values and being able to achieve those things i would definitely recommend you know having a look at what they are to mm. be able to you know move things around or even um not even as much of um removing, removing things yeah. as much as possible but even if you're finding that you value something really highly, but you haven't been able to do it or you hadn't put as much thought into, well, then adding things in, like what else could I put in my life that is going to give me that hmm. overall feeling of, you know, um, well being and enjoyment.
1: And how does our personal mindset and beliefs affect our saving and our spending habits?
2: Yeah, they're really directly linked. So our mindset... Will come from what it is that we actually believe about money. So, if we have uh, negative beliefs, it's going to create a negative mindset. If we have positive beliefs, it'll create that positive mindset. So, and our beliefs come from our childhood a lot of the time. So, they're either things that we've been told by parents or relatives, you know, people in our lives when we were young, or they're our child brain at the time coming up with a belief based on the circumstances that they're in at the time. So we're adults running around with these beliefs that were created when we were eight years old, you know. So it's really a matter of having a look at those beliefs and deciding if that's something that we do believe in. Mm -hmm. Is that serving us in a positive way? And if it's not, then changing them. Because the best thing about our beliefs is that we can change it. We actually get to choose. And I think people forget that. They forget how much power they have over their own mindset and their own beliefs. So, you know, the things that we have perhaps been told as a child, oh, there's never enough money, there's never enough money, there's never, never enough money, those sorts of things, if you hear it over and over and over again, your brain as an adult probably accepts that as truth. Mm but it's not. It's just something that you have been told so often that that's, you know, what your brain now has so set in the subconscious. So again, like I said before about really understanding what do I want my beliefs to be? How can I put that into a positive, um, you know, into a positive way so that I can put it on my bathroom mirror, on my phone, or wherever it is that we're seeing all the time to change it so that, moving forward, the more that we're actually reinforcing that, that will become our new belief and change our mindset moving forward.
0: Yeah. And and before we jumped in the studio, you spoke a little bit about financial stress, which I think um, everyone could somewhat relate to and yet... I think we put our health first or or a lot of people put our health first and prioritise that and sometimes, you know, going for a run or eating well can can help you be a little less stressed about your health and then um, when it comes to work and everything, doing something that you like rather than something you hate can help a little bit with stress and work. Um, Stress is always going to be there but I think the thing that we forget about is you could be doing all the right things but if you're not, um, I suppose, in a place of financial Healthiness and financial well-being—you can have so much stress coming on. So, how could how I suppose all these tips that you've shared with us um, before this point is definitely a way of helping. But Mm -hmm. what would you say to someone who's feeling really stressed about their financial situation?
2: Yeah, financial stress is a huge one for a lot of people, and it comes into play in um, you know family situations, in relationships, in just in partnerships, in all sorts of different ways in our lives and i think it can be an underlying thing that we don't even realize how much it's affecting us so and and like you said like we can take a lot of steps in other ways for our health and mm. and for different things and our work life and everything else to get things on track and think that everything's fantastic but I honestly believe that if our money is all over the place and we haven't taken time to really have a look at it and um, and organize some things so that we reduce that stress and set ourselves up in a better way, then we are unable to achieve that overall mm. uh, well-being. So um, and the, just the key things I think for, reducing that stress, I would say, is building up an emergency fund of some kind. So even if it's just a small amount to begin with, $20 a week, $50 Mm. a week, something that's actually building up in an account that's separate to your savings, that it's just an emergency fund account that is there to fall back on. So in case... Uh, you know, your car breaks down, or you, a dental bill is higher mm-hmm. than you think, or all of those sorts of things that, when they do pop up, if you haven't accounted for them, that's what causes the stress mm-hmm. and anxiety because all of a sudden you've got to come up with all this money that you yeah, hadn't prepared definitely. for. So, an emergency fund really helps give you that confidence that you know that if anything happens, I've got that. I've Mm. taken care of myself. I've got that to fall back on. And it means you won't have to use a credit card. You won't have to go into debt to cover yourself in those emergencies, which again, in the long run, will end up causing you stress because you've eventually got to pay that back. Mm. So I would say a really key one is... Mm just having some sort of an emergency fund for um, you know anything that comes up in the future and like you said before it's an instant gratification world that we're living in at the moment so um, having a bit more of a think about what do I want my future to look like and how can I take care of future me so that you know it's not an instant gratification world for up until that point, then all of a sudden you're like, oh God, I didn't think about this. Mm -hmm. So I haven't um, taken care of myself or I haven't perhaps, um, you know, uh, put things in place so that my future looks different. And, you know, sadly, there's a lot of, Things that can happen in life that we don't bank on, like there's a lot of research at the moment that uh, homelessness can be because partners have uh, separated, and you know perhaps one of them um, hasn't actually had any financial experience. One person was handling the finances and they weren't, and then all of a sudden they've had to do it, and it's been a lot harder managing that. Um, And so moving forward, you know they've ended up homeless or living in a car or things like that because. They haven't actually had some sort of a buffer or done these things early on, um, you know, when they've been able to. So I think emergency fund is a really huge one to secure our future for ourselves. And no matter how, you know, no matter what happens for us, we're all, you know, we've taken care of ourselves.
1: And we've touched a lot on um, behaviour and how we all have different behaviours and mindsets when it comes to our money. Mm -hmm. If you, and also obviously then how stress comes into it, and obviously some people associate um, money and finance with a lot of stress and not having enough money maybe from their childhood, whereas others are a lot more free about it because they might have never had to stress about it. Mm -hmm. How would you kind of um help anyone listening who's trying to navigate a relationship in their life it might be with a a boyfriend or a girlfriend um, or a friend where you have very different spending Mm. habits i think that's something that we all come up against you know you might have saving goals and your friends might not and so um it's very hard to get on the same page and talking about money is such an uncomfortable thing and i think we're all kind of scared Mm. to do it so do you have any tips on bringing that conversation to life and feeling comfortable with it
2: Yeah, I think more often than not in a lot of um, relationships I've seen that partners hide things from each other. People feeling like they're not in a situation that they should be because they have done some things that uh, at the time, you know, they hadn't thought through or whatever the situation is and then they've gotten to the point where um, they're now perhaps comparing themselves Mm -hmm. to other people, other people's situations where they're at and that's brought on a lot of shame and so then it just creates that um, reluctance to really have a conversation about it. So I think in a relationship situation, I would say that there will definitely come a point where, um, you know, if you're moving forward and setting goals, especially if it's to buy a home or those sorts of things that you need to sit down and have that conversation. And it can be in, you know, small steps. It doesn't have to be lay it all out on the table type (laughs) conversation, but um, it has to happen at some point if you're going to, uh, you know, Go into a joint partnership to get a mortgage or something like that because that's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. So you really need to understand each other's situations. Um, with regard to going out and things like that, I feel like um, these days there's a lot of talk around self care, with uh, you know, whether that kind of means a massage to you or day spas or all these other sort of different things where we are definitely doing nice things for ourselves. I think that people don't realise self-care also means setting boundaries. Mm. So without those boundaries, you're allowing people to really impede on what you feel like is okay to you. And that can lead to that feeling of, that diminished feeling of self. So Mm. I think that as hard as they are to have those conversations that we do need to be strong and also know what it is that we're moving towards. So again, if we've got those goals that are really specific that we know we're moving towards, it makes those decisions a little bit easier when you're saying no to things because you know you've got a bigger goal that you're working towards. And I also think that we need to get a little bit more creative around how it is that we're spending time with our friends. Do we always have to be going out and spending money and eating out at restaurants and doing all these things? Um, If we have other goals that we're working towards, then... I would say get creative. Go for a walk. Go and do, you know, go and do different things that actually don't cost you any money so that you're still getting that um, catch up with friends and the. and the important social aspects that we all need as humans, you're still gaining from that, but you don't actually need to be spending money to do it. So I would just say get creative. What are the things that you enjoy doing? How can you do that in a way where uh, that doesn't actually include you going out and spending $50 on brunch Mm -hmm. just to do it?
0: And I think it's like, you know, don't be ashamed if you're putting savings as a priority for yourself. Absolutely, yeah. If anyone is going to give you slack for that, it, as you said it it might be something, as Laura said it might, they might have grown up with never having any issue whatsoever with finances so that it, they can't relate or they're probably jealous of your, mm. your willpower to be able to set that. They might be thinking themselves like "Oh, I really need to do that myself but I just can't get there yet. Um, and it's, it's again, it's coming down to the same kind of feeling I used to get when I started eating healthier or exercising or whatever and it wasn't really cool at the time and mm-hmm. you were kind of ashamed to get the healthy option at dinner because everyone else was getting the unhealthy version of, of what you wanted or whatever. It's that you just got to, if that's what you want to do for yourself, be confident in that and, um, yeah, savings is cool
2: absolutely absolutely and your future your future (laughs) self will thank you for it and you know those relationships um you know they are definitely super important but Mm. your relationship with yourself is also super important so i would definitely say have the confidence to say i'm um i'm not doing that right now because Mm. i've got these other goals um there's no shame in that absolutely Mm.
0: Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your wisdom. I'm sure this will be very helpful to a lot of
2: our listeners. It was helpful to me as well. (laughs) Oh, good. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me.
0: We hope you guys enjoyed that chat. I was agreeing with so much of what she had to say. Lawsie, what did you take from it? A
1: lot. A lot? A lot, yeah. I feel like it's something, and we always speak about this, but practical financial advice would be very appreciated in high school. Oh, I wish it was a subject in high school. Yes. So I love when it's all kind In of summarised like yeah, that. It's so totally. very, very helpful. I think one of the things I love the most was the um, automation of savings. Mm. So every time you get paid to transfer it or your, that your bank transfers mm. it automatically for, you don't have to think about it because I think you, for people that get paid quarterly or fortnightly, which mm. I suppose is most people, I don't think many organisations pay weekly, but anyway, even so, mm. you get your whole paycheck at once and then you might look at that money and think, oh, I've got, you know, all this money that I was just paid, but mm. that actually has to last a month. And so I think it's really, really important. So out of sight, out of mind, I think that's something my mum used to say to me, but then you don't even think about it. So it's not there to spend. I
0: think that's a really good tip. Oh, I agree completely. I think that's something that I I realised, I think when we were talking about it in the chat, I was like, oh, I should do that. But I realised it's something I've kind of half been doing my whole entire life. My mum always taught me kind of with taxes, obviously, to always have that kind of money aside, because that's something that, you shouldn't really ever look at as your money from the beginning because one day you're going to have to give it up. So make sure you've always got enough aside for that. So it definitely has helped me um, when it comes time to paying tax, having that kind of automated transfer into another account that I don't even act like Mm -hmm. it's my money has helped me quite a lot. Um, One thing that I really like when when we're talking about things like saving and everything it reminded me of how my parents brought me up and um one thing i mean i definitely take the kind of spending habits from my dad he likes to (laughs) He likes to get a bit of a bargain, but he likes to spend money. But it's he's not he's not silly about it. But one thing they both taught me – mum's definitely a lot more responsible, I think. <laughs> the one thing that they both taught me was to kind of look at something. And this was, was definitely very helpful in the high school years when I've been working since I was 14, nine months. As soon as I could get a job, I did. Um, and that was because I – that was the only way – you know, I didn't get pocket money mm. unless I was doing a whole bunch of chores or got a job. So for me, it was like if I wanted to go to the movies, I – obviously I had to work to get the money. If I wanted a dress, I would always look at it to see like, oh, how many hours of work Me too. is that dress? Yeah. And, you know, is it worth it? And my mum would always, always say as well, like with fashion spend, you know, look at something and think, w- are you going to wear it more than once? Obviously there's those one-off special occasions where you might, you know, make a little bit of a different decision. You might know that you might not wear the dress again. Like a Deb dress. Totally. But I mean, these days there's like renting things online there's so many other ways you can kind of buy a special occasion dress and get some money back so I think it's definitely easier now than it was then but what I did appreciate when I was younger was that we didn't have that added pressure of having Mm. to have a new outfit for every occasion you know that social media puts on girls so But, yeah, I I like thinking about it like that. And I think I still actually do the same thing with my spending now. I do look at – I'm obviously in a different financial position to when I was younger, but I still look at an item and think, like, how many uses am I going to get out of this? Is it worth it, like, versus how much work or whatever? So And then you turn to your second financial advisor, which is me.
1: I never (laughs) – like, I just don't care about fashion very much. So every time, Steph, I think every time you don't want to buy something that you're looking at and you need someone to talk you out of it, but you're about to buy it, you'll be like, what do you think? And I'll be like, wow. How practical is this item? (laughs) Are you going to wear it every day? How long is it going to last? Is it going to go with all your outfits? Totally. Totally. And then you get approval or denial. (laughs) No, not really. Um, But I also, yeah, that's so important. And I think another thing that I loved that Sarah spoke about was uh, the vision board. Mm. I love that. And I think the vision board is really great because it kind of reminds you of why you're sacrificing. Because obviously if you're putting away... You know, a a large percentage of your paycheck, you're Mm. going to be sacrificing on other things. And so it's really nice to have that reminder there. And I think another thing I loved was being open about your finances with people. And I think it's important to, you know, if you're working towards saving for a holiday to Europe Mm -hmm. and you're um, saving like 50% or even more Mm. of all the money you make for Mm. this holiday, and it means that you have to say to your friends that you might not be able to go out. Um, drinking as much or go out mm. for breakfast as much or buy as many things as normal, I think it's really important to talk to them about it so they understand yeah. why you your spending habits might have changed because yeah. I feel like sometimes in our friendship groups we can feel pressure if it, and we often have similar spending habits. So if you're going to change, I think it's important to communicate it so then you don't get anyone judging you or making
0: comments or yeah. anything like that and then they can kind of be on the journey with you. Totally. And I think what I think what we mentioned in the chat as well um only to reiterate, was that if anyone does put any judgment on you when you're saving, it's probably because they're jealous of the willpower you have. I mean, it's definitely cool to save, guys. Um, One other thing I liked, and it's definitely got to do with that open communication, um, is being open to taking advice from people whilst not feeling pressured. So I think it's really important because we aren't taught things like this in school to be open for advice from people. Maybe it's an older family member that you might have or um, someone in business or... A financial advisor, of course, um, but never feeling pressured to the point where you're doing something you're uncomfortable with. Yeah. So I think it's really important to get multiple people's advice um, on certain things. And um, But, yeah, just never feeling pressured. I know even with myself... I'm very, very fortunate um, to have. I was a very, very good saver, but I was very, very fortunate in the um, kind of money I was making when I first started modelling Mm. that I was able to save and put away and invest in my first home. But the only reason, other than putting the money away, that I was able to do that was because of advice I took from other people. And as scary as it was at the start, I didn't do it until I felt comfortable making that kind of decision. And I knew if I made it any earlier, I probably would have. That would have been from pressure and. Yeah, I don't know if it would have been as well or as good. So I think it's, again, that finding people that you, you trust with that kind of advice um, but never really feeling pressured to do anything you don't feel comfortable doing.
1: Yeah, don't take advice off the street either. No,
0: no, that's <laughs> random. Don't do that.
1: <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm in one of those afternoon moves, Move, moods, uh, not movies. But yeah, that was good advice. Thank yeah, you thank for sharing. You. Oh, you're welcome. You know, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Sorry for the awkward spiral at the end. <laughs> <laughs> We've had the giggles all afternoon. Anyway, um, but this is a very serious topic.
0: So thank you very much for listening. Feel free uh, to re-listen to this one. I feel like this is one. No, I'm. You're laughing at me. But things like taxes people know and they finances. can re-listen to. <laughs> I know. Like, it's not like it's banned. But this one <laughs> is one of those ones that I think you can't listen to this kind of advice enough. So, come or back Steph's voice, <laughs> <laughs> not me. <laughs> All right, we love you guys. You can find us uh, as always yeah. online. Um, Steph reached 1.6 million followers. Thank you for the support. <laughs> and Laura would really like some more, so no, she said that no, now I, that you're up to no, 1.6, no. can we like try and push my following now? So everyone go and follow uh, Laura. Hanger that's on a joke. <laughs> No, she's dead serious. And um, our She's website, winking at
1: me. I'm not. I, it's <laughs> a joke. It's a joke. Followers do not matter. <laughs> anyway, um, our website is And if you want to follow Keep A Cleaner, you can at Keep A Cleaner. And your Instagram is Steph Clare Smith. Thank and you. yeah, love you guys. See love you, you next guys. week. Thank Bye. you for putting up with us. <laughs>